We have two readings uh, in support of that message. The first is from Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Now hear the word of the Lord. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Our second reading is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, before we dive into today's message, I wanted to take a moment to introduce myself. Uh, as Pastor Pam said, my name is Emily Hotho, and I am the superintendent of the Gulf Central District of the United Methodist Church, uh, which means that I oversee the 80 or so churches in Pinellas, Hillsboro, Polk, and part of Pasco County. The district office is actually located, I think many of you know, here at St. Paul, which means I am also your upstairs neighbor, which I like to think makes me an unofficial part of the St. Paul family. Is that right? Can I be a part of your family? Good deal. Good deal. Uh, I've also pastored and lived in this community for the last decade or more, so I've been on committees with Pastor Bob and Pastor Pam. I've attended a couple of handicapable ministry events right here in this room. Some of us have presided together over funerals uh, for shared loved ones in the community. I've been to some youth and missions events here over the years. All of that to say that I have just known St. Paul for a long time to be a church that is passionate about serving people in need forward thinking in reaching next generations with God's love and just a church that is a gift to this community. So I think very highly of Pastor Bob. We wish him the best in St. Pete. And when I was in those meetings and it was time to fill that appointment, I could not have been more pleased at the appointment of the Reverend Dr. Don Pratt, who will arrive here uh, very soon as your senior pastor. Don is a dynamic preacher. He's a gifted theologian and teacher of the Bible. He is a steady leader and just a kind pastor. You are truly getting the whole package, and I just can't wait to see what happens next here at St. Paul, what you all do together for this community and around the world. I also love this sermon series you all have been doing based on John Wesley's 22 questions that John Wesley asked uh, his early community uh, of Methodists in the 1700s. He raised these questions for them as a community as a way of helping them to grow as disciples of Jesus. 
Knowing that this Sunday was coming and I'd be preaching here, I watched back some of the past messages in this series of the questions that you all have studied so far. Questions like, where have I missed the mark? Or am I being generous? Or did the Bible live in me today? Now today's question, uh, which was picked out by Pastor Pam and those who planned the series, I said, just assign me one and we'll see what happens. We'll see what God does. Today's question, I think, is a really unique one. The way that Wesley phrased it was, am I enjoying prayer? Am I enjoying prayer? Now what is the word that stands out to you in that question Enjoying, right? Good. I wasn't sure if you would answer. Thank you. Good job. Enjoying. Am I enjoying prayer? That's kind of a strange way to say it. Now, I don't know if you know this, but John Wesley was not exactly the life of the party, right? He kept detailed hour-by-hour journals to track his spiritual activities, So much so that his classmates and colleagues teased him and his friends calling them things like the Holy Club or Bible moths or even Methodists because they were so methodical in their spiritual ways. John Wesley did not seem to spend a lot of time worrying about whether or not he was enjoying himself. And yet, when it came to prayer, the question that he asked of himself and others was, do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy praying? Do you like it when you're spending time with God? Which I think causes us then to ask that same question, right, of of you and me and our own spiritual lives. Is your time with God meaningful Compelling, helpful, relational? Or does it feel more rote, obligatory, distant, or even at times non-existent? Now Jesus' disciples, one day they saw him praying. They saw him praying and they asked him, Jesus, teach us to pray. Now these disciples, right, many of them were lifelong devout Jews. They knew how to pray. They had been praying their whole lives. They had probably memorized dozens of psalms and were able to pray them from memory. They had prayers for morning, evening, mealtimes, holidays, every life event you can imagine. These guys surely knew how to pray. They were a people who took prayer seriously. They had been doing it a long time. Their whole lives they'd been praying. And yet, and yet when they saw Jesus praying, take a look. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, I think what they meant was, Lord, teach us to pray like that, right? Teach us to pray like we see you pray. It sounds like what they were seeing Jesus doing was something just utterly different 
completely different than the way that they had been praying their whole lives. Maybe, I don't know, more relational, more passionate, more compelling. I wonder if those disciples that day got the sense that Jesus was enjoying prayer, to use John Wesley's word. Whatever it was, there was something so powerfully different that these disciples, these lifelong prayers, said to Jesus, teach us, teach us how to pray like you pray, Jesus. And so Jesus did. First, he taught them a couple of ways not to pray, right? In Matthew 6, 5, he says, and when you pray, do not Be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing on street corners so that others can see them. And truly, I tell you, Jesus says, when when they pray like that, they have already received their reward in full. I think Jesus is saying there that praying is not about impressing others with outward religiosity. right? Especially, Jesus says, if the inside does not match the outside, especially then. He says, those folks, they've gotten their reward. They've been seen by others. They've been thought of as good religious folks. That's their reward, and they've gotten it. Jesus says, don't pray like them. Don't pray like that. Then Jesus tells them another way not to pray. He says, do not keep babbling on like the pagans. They think they will be heard Because of their many words. So Jesus says, here's another way not to pray. He said, it's not about the words. It's not about big words. It's not about theological words. It's not even about praying a long time or using a lot of words. You don't need to to choose your words so carefully when you pray because of being afraid of offending God or hurting God's feelings. No, just, just pray the words that come to mind. The next verse there says, don't be like them. Don't be like those folks. Your father knows what you need before you ask. So just pray with honest, heartfelt words. So after those two caveats of how not to pray, Jesus gets to it. He's going to tell them now how to pray like Jesus prays, how to pray relationally, how to enjoy talking to God. And he starts this way. He says, Father, our Father. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Now I have three sons, three children, and they have always called me mama. Not mommy, never mommy. Not mom, not mother, not ma, not any other name. All three boys have just always called me mama. And when my older sons started approaching, you know, later elementary school, they were seven and eight and nine, they always said, Mama, when I get to be 10, I'm going to switch and I'm going to start saying Mom instead of Mama. And I was kind of emotional about it. You know, I wanted to respect their wishes of growing older and, you know, feeling more grown up. But on the other hand, I, I still just wanted to be Mama, right? So... So 10 came and went, still mama. They forgot to make the switch, and I didn't remind them. And then one day they remembered, and they said, well, when I get to middle school, well, surely then I'm going to start saying mom, and I'm not going to call you mama anymore. 
Well, the start of middle school came and went, and then they said, well, next, next calendar year, after New Year's, I'm going to call you mom. And then it was the next grade, and the next year, and the next grade, and on it went, till at this point, they have said that they're just going to stick with calling me mama forever, even until they are adults, which I tried to act, you know, cool, fine, whatever you guys want, that's fine. But inside, I was like, yes, thank goodness, because for me... Right, in our family, it's a name that expresses the closeness of our relationship. And when Jesus prayed, Jesus called God something similar. He called God Father. Could be translated dad or daddy. It was a a word that expressed the closeness of their relationship. And that's just not a gender thing, right? The Bible tells us that God is spirit. We all know that God is beyond gender. God's not really a male or a female. It was a term in their family, in the family of the Holy Trinity. For Jesus, this was a term that reflected the closeness of his relationship with God. I love that in this example of prayer, which, which is the only one where Jesus says to his disciples, pray like this. This is the example he gives us for how to pray. Jesus didn't start by saying, oh, powerful Lord, or oh, king of the universe, or ruler of all, even though God is all of those things. Jesus prayed, and he taught us to pray relationally. Jesus prayed out of his relationship with God. So when we ponder this Wesleyan question, are you enjoying prayer, it might help to think about other relationships that you enjoy. Think in your minds for a minute, just other people that you enjoy talking to. I had a phone call this week to catch up with an old friend from the congregation I used to serve, one of the people that I'll continue to maintain a friendship with, and we had a Thursday morning phone call on the calendar to catch up and talk about life, and I looked forward to that call all week. And I had a phone call this week with our accountants to start organizing everything for our 2021 income taxes, right? Two Very different conversations. Both of these are perfectly nice people. Both were pleasant, productive conversations. But the call with the accountants was transactional, right? Here's what I need. Here's what to do. Send me this. Give me this. Do this. Change that. The conversation with my friends, though, was relational. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's going on in my heart. When Jesus taught the disciples and taught us to pray, he said to pray relationally. Pray like you're talking to an old friend. Now, there's so much more I could say about this text. I love this scripture. The hour in our Father is plural. It teaches us that we pray for and with each other. We pray in unity with Christians all around the world and and not just for ourselves. There's so much more that I could say. The part where Jesus tells his disciples, this is how you pray, go into your room and close the door. It's not about the room or the door. He's telling them to be intentional with times and places and structures and plans for our prayer lives. 
There's so much more I could say about wonderful resources from the early church all the way to modern day technology, tips and strategies that could help you with your prayer life. I, I know you can find those and keep exploring those until you find some that work really well for you. There's so much more I could say, but I know that the one thing about being a guest preacher is that they'll like you better if you don't go on too, too long. <laughs> so there's more I could say. But the final thing I want to say about enjoying prayer is that I really enjoy, in my new role as the district superintendent, uh, is praying for churches and pastors in transition. So I'd love to wrap up our time together by praying for you, for St. Paul's United Methodist Church, for your new pastor and his family, and for all the work that you all will do together in this community and in this world. So let us pray. Oh God, our parents, God whom we love, God who loves us, we know that we can come to you with whatever is on our hearts. God, I'm guessing that if we're honest, this transition has been challenging for some people at St. Paul's to say goodbye to a beloved pastor, to step into yet another experience of the unknown after the last few years of so much change. So God, we pray for peace, we pray for unity, and we pray for love within this very special congregation. God, we pray that as they meet their new pastor and family, that they will feel a bond that comes supernaturally from you by the power of your spirit, that bond that makes us siblings in Christ, teammates ready to go out and accomplish your kingdom work here and all around the world. God, we pray for Pastor Don, for his wife, for his family as they are moving and getting settled. We pray that you bless them with a wonderful measure of your energy, your spirit, your power to begin leading in this wonderful and special community. And God, we pray for the people, the, the hundreds, the thousands of people right outside the doors of this church and in this community of Largo and Clearwater and Bel Air. People who are sitting at home this morning or, or maybe in a place of struggle, maybe they don't even have a home and, and they are wondering if there is a God who loves them. Lord, we pray that this church might be the one to reach out, to show them love, to preach the gospel to them, to welcome them into this family. God, we pray that this church would continue to grow in depth of knowledge and love of you, in numbers, in reach, in mission, and most of all, in the power of your spirit and your love. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. <laughs>